Welcome to another episode of Teaching with the Body and Mind. I'm Joey, and I'm here today with Mike. Hello. And Tom. Hi, Joey. And Ross. Hi, Joey. Hey, guys. And I wanted to follow up on a conversation we were having a couple episodes ago, kind of around the idea of consent for physical interaction, the thread that, you know, sort of like, don't assume that a kid wants your hugs and kisses, and, right. and, and don't kind of over-assort over yourself in those ways. Which is a very valuable conversation. I'm glad we had it. But while we were talking, I kept thinking about, but I don't, but I want to talk about also the kids who do enjoy physical affection and the, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and you know, that touch is obviously an essential component of life. It's right. been, hope, hope everyone knows it's been scientifically proven that, you know, yeah. life mm-hmm. will pretty much cease if you don't have touch. And so I, I wanted to talk about that side of things, the kids who do like affection and, and, and the role that that plays in, in the classroom, hopefully, hopefully just naturally has a role within a family life. But I think within classroom setting, that might be an sure. area that some people mm-hmm. um, maybe aren't certain about uh, how to be. Um, and I can think of, I've, prob- I've probably talked about it before, but I have one little girl who I taught last year and she's back this year, but she's not in my section that I, that I teach because uh, of my schedule. But whenever we see each other, I just know a hug is coming any, yep. any time yeah, of yeah. day and it's like incoming and she runs and we have these huge embraces and, you know, kind of snuggle a little bit and then she goes on with her day, but it's any time I see her and right. she loves hugging. I love hugging. And this is just sort of mm-hmm. our relationship and we're happy to see each other. And we both are just happy to, to do hugs. I think of her. And I also think of a story that, uh, Frances Carlson told in a session, she's perhaps even it appeared in a book, but that she was talking about in her career, there was a child who uh, would pretty much daily get up on a table and cause uh, some type of great interruption. Oh, I remember that yeah, I think story. We were yeah, at the we session were there together, together. Yeah. to the class and, and it would escalate and escalate until Frances had to pick her up and take her off the table until Frances realized if I just that's what pick needed. her up, that's what right. I can preempt yep. the whole table disruption mm-hmm. uh, tantrum part of the thing because what she needs is the physical contact. Right, mm-hmm. and she's figured out. And she's figured out how to get it. Yeah. Um, so that story also pops into my mind. Um, so, yeah, I just want to talk about sort of the value of affection in, yeah. in children's lives and also thinking about the comment that Ross made at the end of the consent episode that, you know, what's the effect of us telling kids you're sitting too close to that other person. Right, um, right. You know, who are kind of who are we to judge their level of of comfort with with intimacy with right. each other? If the kids are okay with the way they're sitting, right. then it, right in the context where it's not extremely disruptive and it's and both are right showing that yeah exactly. they want to just you know kind of yeah neither one pile neither on one is showing it. concern about it yeah yeah so anyway um, so I, I open it up. Um, yeah, and I, I will just mention Frances Carlson a little more because she has a book called Essential Touch. And I think it's an important Which could book be to es- read. Essential reading. It's yes. essential reading for this topic <laughs> mm-hmm. because she really does talk about why children need it and goes into the research, but also the way schools sometimes have rules against touching mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. and how detrimental that is. So one thing that happened early on for me in my career is I would open up a center. I was I was the first one there. And the first child who came in, I'd sit and read with that child. And while I read, that child would run his fingers through my hair. Uh-huh. I had longer hair back then. Right. And it was just the two of us. Nobody else was in the... Because the mom was dropping him off first, and I, I always felt kind of uncomfortable about that, mm-hmm. and so I had to talk to the mother, and I said, "You know what happens when he, yeah. <clears throat> when you drop him off, he keeps running his hands through my hair," mm-hmm. and she said, "Yeah, he does that, and that's okay." 
Yeah. And ever since I, I, I talked to her, then, I mean, it actually feels kind of good. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sure, <laughs> it it yep. felt good to yep. me, and it must have felt good to the child. Yep. And mom knew it and was okay with it. Yep. And so it was important to have that conversation. Right. Yeah. Well, I had two kids at group time this year. And one was sitting on the ground and one was sitting in a chair and he was behind the one on the ground. And he had picked up, the one who was behind him had picked up, I don't know, there's some like like uh, kind of cylinder shaped blocks nearby or whatever he put it. And he was stroking the kid in front of him, he was stroking his hair with these like wooden block cylinders and it, as though he was like at the hair shop, you know, sure, yeah. and he was just over and over. And the kid in front was just happy, happy, happy as a clam. And, you know, and, it, and again, yeah, that kind of grooming, right? You can almost right. see it like mm-hmm. in primates and how... That is a, a you know an affiliate connection that, yeah, mm-hmm. that that children have, and there was no need to tell the one to stop because the one was happy. Right. They I, they were both actually quite happy. One was happy mm-hmm. giving affection. One was happy receiving affection. And I have there was no need to be enhance yourself. Yeah, there's a child right now um, that I sometimes am with. So he's in a classroom and he is probably four. He has autism. Doesn't really communicate. And what he does when I come in, so I have. Um, no hair on top of my head, but I have a beard (laughs) and I'm the only person in the entire, like of all the teachers and things that has a beard. And so when I'm in there, he'll come over and sort of, you know, talk to me with his face really close, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll get into with this (laughs) discussion. We talk about every so often, but then he always like feels my beard. And then once he does that, he keeps coming back and doesn't. It's really interesting because there's, um, one of the pairs that works with him, she seems to get uncomfortable with it, mm-hmm. you know, and sort of says like, oh, well, let's have ask you ever, him or something. Ha- have you ever made a, a boundary with him about it or is that? I usually sort of smile and mm-hmm. said, oh, you feel my beard, mm-hmm. you know, and sort of verbally acknowledge. Yeah. He's and he smiles. It. So mm-hmm. to me, right. it's like this great connection and mm-hmm. he's not going to verbally ask you ask me. And he's not going to even afterwards verbally tell me that he likes doing it. Right. Right. But to me, it's like this great connection and and the para who is she's a like a substitute para uh-huh. so it's o- it's only once in a while and i don't see her enough to sort of like outside of the classroom sort of say hey you know yeah, don't worry is, about it yeah. yeah but it's just interesting how she's sort of like oh mm-hmm. let's you know give him his space mm-hmm. or something it's just, like she's saying all the things that you're just talking mm-hmm. about and, mm-hmm. and, and it's just interesting that adults can get uncomfortable with i think that's what it is i think that more often than not it's the adult's assuming that the children are going to be uncomfortable but really it's their own unease with children being so close with to one another or mm-hmm. with an adult right, right. you know also i think we've all probably seen a child basically just fondling their parent at pickup time or like <laughs> right right yeah, all yeah. over yes. the place and you know that sometimes the parents are like oh oh uh, uh and there's kind of this it, at home and i'm sure i'm assuming tom that the child you read books with probably what gets their hair stroked at home, but also probably does that too. Cause I know there's a number of parents who would say they, they just like to pinch my elbow. Right. Right. They like right. to right. play just, with my earlobe. Right. Yeah. Right. Cause there's, it's that it's stimulation. Like, yeah, it's, it's that like soothing. soothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so because you're the trusted adult in the room with, uh, so Tom, this child, you know, you've made that connection. So they feel comfortable enough to have that ability to right. do that calming activity mm-hmm. as they're kind of getting into the day or whatever. And I think, more often than not, it's my guess that it's, again, the adults that have the discomfort and that, as we've talked about related to 
kind of big body ru- risky play where, mm-hmm. parents, where adults are like ooh I don't I don't know that unease right right children are going to pick up probably on that same mm-hmm. discomfort like ooh I don't know if you should be touching his face right. I don't know if it's okay for you two yeah. to be doing this right. and, and I think and it's so important then, to bring up the consent part that an adult is allowed to say yeah. absolutely not right now. Yeah, or that doesn't feel good to me. Yeah. Or right. Something. So it's okay to give children those messages if you right. aren't okay with it. Right. But also when a child does it, and I I was just picturing the child you were talking about, Tom. I'm like, I'm sure they're not even thinking about where their hand's going. It's just the natural right. thing of this is what I do right. when I listen to a book. Is I Right. <laughs> right. I just kind of twirl hair. Yeah. I do it. Well, I'm thinking about, too, the, I think there's a, I mean, there's a gender component to it. Because I know when, mm-hmm. when we've gone out and done trainings with people and we talk about rough and tumble play and wrestling and things like that and often feel like as the sort of token female in the group that I've always, you know, like introduced it, like hugging is a lot like wrestling mm-hmm. and the same physical input is coming from those kinds of things and that that might be more kind of classically female right. form of physical play and maybe more accepted form for, for girls to engage right. in and maybe more accepted mm-hmm. for girls than for boys mm-hmm. and that, you know, sure. that, and I, I'm not quite sure what there is to this, but you know, that, that, you know, are we more uncomfortable if boys are snuggling mm-hmm. each other mm-hmm. than if, you know, cause you wouldn't think anything of probably two girls just kind of like practically lying on top of each other in the housekeeping area, that kind of thing. But you, perhaps culturally right. might have a different response. Or I think there is yeah. it. Yeah. I think there probably is, but, or how much discomfort is there when a boy and girl are snuggling True. and wrestling True. in these young ages? What what projections how, uh, do the adults yeah. put on? Right. How are right. we judging that? But, that but I, right, yeah, I guess right. I'm thinking too, just like that affection is right. a kind of physical right. affection is a mm-hmm. more female category so, than it is a male category. So, so in one place I worked, we had a one-way mirror. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciated that one-way mirror so much because um, then I could show the parents that it was okay for me to hug the children mm-hmm. and the children to right, hug me right. because mm-hmm. they could see that there was nothing nefarious going right. on. It, and right. it, I thought it was really important for them to see that. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think I hugged more right. when yeah, I yeah. thought people were... were, were, were in right. that room watching. Yeah. So yeah, so that's getting into the cultural part of when the adult is yeah. male. Yeah, I would, I would imagine it's different for you guys. Yeah. I don't think right. twice about right. giving hugs to kids. No, and, and I, think- I because I, I don't think it's looked at askance. No, right. And I think I think the adult. We can maybe get into the adult. I don't want to lose your thread of the children, but I think the adult piece is going to be a big one. I think I'm wondering. Well, you said that it's inherently, or that there's a st- that for girls, it's okay to be more huggy and loving and affectionate. And for boys, there's already this kind of you know shake hands or kind of rub some dirt on or, and or walk shove away someone. Or sh- exactly. Yeah. I mean, which, yeah, I'm not saying shoving someone is a, is a bad way to show affection. I mean, we've right. talked about that sure. a lot. But at the same time, the, it's, it, are they shoving because it's like their choice right, of exactly. options? To sh- so, yeah, to, think, so to go back to my one-way mirror, yeah. it, was, it was not so much I would always initiate it. More often than not, the children are the ones who are initiating oh, sure. oh, yeah. this yeah. physical contact. Right. Yep. And it was for me to reciprocate yeah. rather than right. to... Oh no, we can't do that now because exactly. or the sideways hug like yeah. Yeah. often schools that don't allow hugging they have these like very prescribed ways yeah. that you yeah. hug you can go shoulder shoulder, to shoulder. shoulder. yeah which is just like Weird. I mean we often talk about that's not where the pressure like that calms children right. down right. is the like chest area you right. know like right and their chin or the yeah like their cheek on your shoulder yeah. like those are the things that are common because that's where when when you're crying and distressed where does the baby go right right is right on your chest to your shoulder and i feel like tom that's 
kind of the point I was trying to make is that I think we we assume that it's a gendered kind of thing, but it's a human thing. I mean, right. It right. going back to the very beginning of this conversation, it's it's important for everyone to have this kind of connection and this touch to feel comforted, to feel calm when children. We know, especially when uh, young children are in that state of distress, that it's all in the prefrontal cortex. So the rest of the body and the mind has kind of shut down yeah. in terms of I'm distressed, I'm sad, and if we're pushing them away, if we're if we're shouting back, we know that it's it's going to only add to their distress. Level, and, yeah. But if we can just bring them in, and then you can, and if and again, if they're not pushing you away, if they're right. kind of crumpling mm-hmm. into you, right, you right. can show that embrace. So you've kind of made a distinction between that type of physical contact where they get comfort. But also, there's just the physical contact that happens spontaneously. Yeah, right. and it, I, mm-hmm. I don't mean to ex- or to compartmentalize you're just, you're just, them. I think you're just also it's saying just, like general, it's comforting. You're just kind of laying out the like good. it feels good. And <laughs> right, and it it can feel uh, safe. It can feel comforting. It can feel joyful. It uh-huh. can feel exciting. It can mm-hmm. feel loving. It can feel friendly. And I think it's all there. And I think that it's that when children are you, I feel like I've had the same feeling. Where children will just, and now at the school that I'm at, I walk in because I'm there uh, now after children have arrived. Mm-hmm. So I'll come right. in because we open at 6.30. So there's a up to a dozen children already there by the time I get there. And I'll walk into the room just to go get my mug from the kitchen. And children run up and they just pull and they glom on. And, yeah. and it's really, just joyful. It's just joyful. So, so I, I have this I have this file in my picture folders. Yeah. It's called Tom as Climber. Right. Well, I was going to say that's the, so the other kids, way you get you. The kids yeah. are all. Yep. If I'm down on the ground, right. it, it's it's it seems for the children that this is an invitation to climb on me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is perfectly fine. Yeah. Right. Which which I wonder then in balancing this back. I mean, it'd be great to have other people contribute to this discussion. But I think this is where I do wonder or feel like there is sometimes that gendered adult role where men are often seen as the one who are the climbers right. or who become the apparatus for children to right, right. climb and be more <laughs> That definitely happens to me as right. well. And I think we can agree that it's probably going to be individualized who's comfortable and not comfortable. Sure. But it feels like from the from the times we've had discussions that when staff have a male, they're like, yeah, that's the person they yep. go do that with. Yeah, but the I women, have, they don't. I have, a, I have a video of one of my volunteers who's a woman who's, on the floor, flat on her back, yeah. and all which, the kids are on top yeah, of her. Right, which it was, and you've talked which, about that too. Which is, right, really. but, right. It, but I think it's something to be aware of that, that, that just got me, right? that can happen without you kind of quite noticing it, right? Right, that, and I feel like it's not trying. I'm not promoting that stereotype. Like, this is what it should be. Of course, it's right. not that. It's just I think the similar to that affection and hugs are for everybody. That being that adult who can be on the ground, if you're comfortable with that, if that's safe right. for you feel like you can be that role regardless right. of in terms of gender really just thinking about don't make assumptions right but you may notice things like you know if i am one of the people i don't mind people climbing me and i i have a feeling that probably men in the field are more going to be more okay with it right. but any individual person i would never so you have to be willing to yeah yeah right yeah. and yeah and certainly in a classroom i wouldn't want to expect my other teacher to right. well you're the woman so you're the hugger I'll be the climber, and I don't. And obviously, none of us are saying that, but right. I think it's worth bringing up. I also, basically, it's the same message we say, whether it's about rough and tumble, whether it's about hugging, whether it's about assuming what a child wants. Mm-hmm. We don't assume it by the gender; we assume by the individual. Right, and I guess, right. in a way, that's coming around to what you talked about with consent. 
it really is the individual. If the child needs a lot of physical right. attention, you give them that. And if they back away from you, mm-hmm. you oh, you don't like that. You know, you we're the adults, so we have to read right. the nonverbal cues mm-hmm. around right. that. Right. But there are kids who we want to make sure that we, just because we're saying don't force a child to hug someone. Right. It also means don't deny a child a hug. <laughs> right. Well, because I have not, you know. Right. I don't have the authorization re- form have, for the. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, but we like. I'm just thinking of one specific boy in our classroom right now who needs to hug everyone, whether they're expecting it, wanting it, or you know, aware that it's going to be happening. Right. That's the thing and, we have to help. And I feel like kids with right? that's going back to that consent conversation from before is helping him realize, wait a minute, remember you run up from behind somebody right. and give them a hug because you're going home and they don't know you're coming that they might not like that. Right. They may not, they may be yeah. a bit surprised or maybe makes them a little bit scared because they don't know what's happening Right. because they don't know what you're thinking. And so try, that's where I feel like going back to that kind of talk right. of consent, trying to just help. Well, and it's not the hugging that's bad or bad. It's bad it's, isn't the word I mean to use it, but like, oh, it's not bad to give people hugs, but just ask, you know, tell them you're coming or, yeah. you know, like it's... Wait for even that, wait for them to open their arms too, so yeah. you know, right. helping right. him read those other nonverbals. And that's a great way to teach a kid. Instead right? of right. like, just don't. Right, because he's right. also developmentally not at an age where he's yeah. taking those other perspectives yeah. yet. Right. And I think as the adult, you can say, oh, it doesn't look like he wants it or she right. wants it, but I do. Yes. And that's, that's the, like right. for me, you know, it's... Right. Yeah, and right. like always being that person, whether it's right. it's same. I always say it about roughhousing too. Like you be the one if you're worried about them hurting other kids. Right, right, right. And well, I'm thinking about a kid too. who I, I think she gets a little anxious and she gets a little at loose sense about how she wants to spend her time or whatever. So I said, "Well, we're outside." And so, what do you want to do? And she's like, "I don't know." And you know, she sounded a little stressed <laughs> about it. And so, and I, so, so I was like, "Well, that's okay." And I just sat down and I just put my arm out and she sat next to me and we just sat together and watched everyone play and she was doing something you know just us sitting together right. you know having that physical closeness mm-hmm. was you know part of just sitting there you know like if she's alone i think i might have thought oh poor thing is sitting alone right, I mean, right. it's not always bad to sit alone but i might sure. have had a little bit more of a concern that she but just like the togetherness was part yeah. of what was being done sometimes that is just sitting together yeah it feels good right so anyway we, we clearly i could go on and on about the topic but i just wanted to put a yeah put a reminder to everybody that 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 affection is good. In case anyone forgot, we're pro affection. <laughs> we're pro affection. Yes. yes. Um, and uh, it's you, well, and think. I think the word deprive, like you yeah. don't deprive a child of affection, right? Um, right. But you also don't force, right, it on someone. Right. right. Thanks. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Thanks. Joey. Enjoy. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn. <laughs>